Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is May 8th. First of all, before we jump into today, happy Mother's Day to everyone. We talked a little bit yesterday about some of the complicated feelings that sometimes arise around Mother's Day, but I hope that you all can feel your value and your worth as we celebrate mothers today. Today we begin a brand new Come Follow Me block and a brand new book of scripture. This week we're going to be in the book of Numbers and we're going to be studying Numbers chapters 11 through 14 and 20 through 24. Now the book of Numbers is really interesting because a lot of times people see that book of Numbers and they see the first couple of chapters in the book of Numbers and they assume that it's nothing but a count. It's nothing but this running count of the children of Israel and their different tribes. And my friends, that could not be farther from the truth. If we read just the first couple of books, yes, you might get the feeling that that's true. But there's so much more in this book. It's so rich. Here we see the children of Israel trying to travel to the promised land. And the fascinating thing to me about that trip to the promised land is, as we know, it was 40 years, an entire generation before the children of Israel were allowed to enter into the promised land. But they got to the promised land in a year and a half. And that was a slow year and a half. They were stopping for a lot of reasons, doing a lot of other things. Their focus wasn't primarily on travel. So they could have gone from Egypt to the promised land pretty quickly. However, they weren't prepared to enter. In that way, I think one of the chief lessons that we can learn from the book of Numbers is that oftentimes our Father in Heaven is ready to give us far more in terms of blessings than we are actually ready to receive. Think again about the story of Moses on Mount Sinai. He is receiving the higher law, which the higher law was nothing short of the Lord teaching the children of Israel how to enter back into his presence, how to come face to face with him. And so here on Mount Sinai, he gives Moses that higher law, wants the people to receive it, wants them to obtain the incredible blessings that come from that law. However, when Moses comes down off the mountain, sees them worshiping false idols, realizes that they have not prepared themselves for the blessings of the Lord, the tablets are broken and they receive again the lower law. We see several times throughout early church history, God wanting to promise them a blessing, but them not being prepared for it. My friends, are we living our lives in a way that allows us full access to the blessings that our Father in heaven wants to give us. As we see here in the book of Numbers, oftentimes our Father in heaven is far more disposed to bless us than we are prepared to receive. And that is such a wonderful lesson, an interesting lesson that we can learn in the book of Numbers. Another really interesting thing about the book of Numbers is that we get two different counts of the children of Israel. In the first couple of chapters, we're going to get the numbers of the people shortly after they leave Egypt. And then near the end of Numbers, we're going to get their count the 40 years after they've wandered an entire generation later. It's also interesting and important to note that these numbers only reflect adult males. 
they were only told to count males over the age of 20. And that's because they were getting a count of people who were able to go to war. So it only includes males over the age of 20. And it also does not include those of Levi, the priests of Levi. Now, I think that that's important to know and important to understand because here in the book of Numbers, we're going to get an idea of how they camped. The tabernacle was going to be in the center of their camp. And then round about the tabernacle, on the different sides, there are going to be different tribes, three on each side. So we see 12 tribes around the edges. And then in the middle, camped around the tabernacle, we're told that the Levites would camp there. The reason why that's so interesting is because Levi was one of Israel's 12 sons. So oftentimes we assume that Levi is one of the 12 tribes. And I'm not saying he's not one of the 12 tribes, but he's not one that we often count or consider among the 12 tribes. The reason being is, if you'll remember, Joseph received a double portion of the birthright. And so his two sons are both tribes. We don't have a tribe of Joseph, but we have a tribe of Ephraim and a tribe of Manassas. And so if we counted Levi as a quote unquote tribe as well, that would give us 13 tribes. So here, as we see the children of Israel camped and we see the tribes round about, Levi is not included in those 12 tribes. And the reason being is that Levi, more than being a tribe, was a right to the priesthood. And that's how they acted. And that was their responsibility. And so here, when the Lord is telling Moses to count the males over the age of 20, but not those who belong to the tribe of Levi, it's because Levi, with that right to hold the priesthood and right to officiate in the priesthood, they were not to be counted among those who were able to go to war. That was not their responsibility. That was not their purpose. Their purpose and responsibility was focused in and on and solely with the tabernacle and with officiating in their priesthood responsibilities. But the other thing that's important to note is how the children of Israel set up their camps with the tabernacle at the center and with all the tribes surrounding it. Now, keep in mind, this was a mobile camp. At this point, they are nomadic. They are getting up, they are moving, they are traveling. It would have been so easy for them to say, you know what, we'll set up the tabernacle when we get to a more permanent place. So we don't have to set up the outer wall and the inner tent and the incense and the table of shoe bread and the veil. And I mean, it just was so much. It would have been so easy for them to say, you know what, it'll be easier to just take care of this when we're in a stable place. But the fact that they set up the tabernacle every single time they stopped is evidence of how important it was supposed to be in their lives. And the fact that it was at the center of all of them is evidence of how God feels about the tabernacle. And my friends, when Joseph Smith drew the city of Zion, he drew it in a similar way. The temple at the center When Brigham Young planned Salt Lake City and the Salt Lake City Temple, he placed the temple at the center and everything surrounding it. In our lives, we should place the temple in a similar place, right in the middle, so that we can focus on it. Because it's there in the temple where our focus is placed on Jesus Christ, on his atonement, and on the blessings promised to those who remain faithful to their covenants. 
President Nelson recently said, It is now time that we each implement extraordinary measures, perhaps measures we have never taken before, to strengthen our personal spiritual foundations. Unprecedented times call for unprecedented measures. Now here he was talking about the foundation of the temple and how we can strengthen our foundations. But my friends, in this same talk, he invites us to worship more frequently in the temple. And so I invite you, what extraordinary measures can you take to make the temple more fully a focus in your lives? How can you more fully place it at the center of your camp and at the center of your home and at the center of your family? Because it's my testimony that when we do that, when we place the temple in our focus, that the focus truly becomes on Jesus Christ himself and the salvation that he wants to offer. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, a Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. 